Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks on this 289th podcast and with me as always is my friend, my fellow knucklehead advisor, inspector, trainer to help all people leave things behind them, all things knuckleheadedness. Now yesterday's podcast, we were so excited to hop in Psalm 78, but I got to tell you, Psalm 78 has brought us down a little bit. I'm just being upfront with you, but you know what? God gave us a time yesterday where we realize that uh, there's God suckers in our life. There's things in our life. And, you know, knuckleheads are God suckers, Stephanie. And so we forgot to do the Norton knuckleheaded moment. So my my apologies to Miss Norton, uh, pastor's wife, long-term missionary extraordinaire uh, to Mexico and other South American countries. You might be a knucklehead, Stephanie, if... Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead... If you choose to put outside friends who should be fringe people in your life ahead of your own family. Whoa. Praise the Lord. That's a good one, man. Let me tell and you. I my, yep. And I don't mean family who's, you know, I don't, oh, I don't mean family who's a bunch of knuckleheaded narcissists who are demanding things of you. I mean family who's good, decent, loving family. Human and, beings. Uh, Fried chicken eating. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, you know what my mom used to say all the time? Wisdom from my mom. If I ever get back to book writing, I'm going to write a book entitled Wisdom from My Mom and match it with God Uh verses. But you know what mom used to say? Blood is thicker than water. And uh, I'll tell you, we were raised as a family. Our father deserted us. You know the story. But man, us kids, us siblings, us fellow siblings, and by the way, we got a shout out. I don't know if Mercy listens to this, but Stephanie was just telling me a little while ago during break that uh, her her sweet sister Mercy married to a gentleman named Caleb. Uh, uh, They live down in Tennessee, just had a baby. And what do we know about this baby? Did you say six pounds, 10 ounces? Something like that. Do we know the name? Jackson. You know what, folks, when you live down south, you got to name your kid Jackson. At least one kid's going to be named Jackson. I've met like 10 Jacksons in my life. They all turned out all right, so it's probably a good name. Anyway, as we cruise along, (laughs) congratulations (laughs) to Mercy and Caleb. As we cruise along in 78, you know, I've felt, Stephanie, as we went through this, and we've talked about ways we limit God, ways we offend God, uh, ways we need to stop doing that, ways we need to get right with God, things that we need to do. Uh, I feel like that we as people need to stop the nonsense that we know we're messing up. We know that there's God suckers in our life. We know that there's things in our life that are pulling us away from God. But for some reason, some of us, to include the guy I look at when I shave, uh, you know, for some reason, it's almost like there's an allure to gossip, craziness, knuckleheads. I don't know. 
I mean, do you feel there's an allure there? Yeah, I I think I think sometimes if you're not careful, too, you'll have the people who will seek to draw you away from your true friends with the flattering lips, the flattering tongues. We're told over and over in Proverbs, beware of the flatterer. And very often, if we're not discerning, if we're not paying attention, the flatterers are very good at destroying relationships yeah. with people that love you the most. And um, flatterers come and go. They use you for what they need you for, and then they trash you. And um, so, yeah, I think there's just, you have to have discernment in who you choose to make your friends and who you choose to build relationships with and think long-term. Don't think just what's happening right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Think how it's going to affect you in your life. And see, there's the practical side before the psalm. See, we're changing things up once in a while. And uh, we wanted to change things up a little bit here. And uh, we've been changing up because of my allergies. So Stephanie's been reading the scripture. I'm going to ask her to be so kind to do that again. And she's going to be reading the scripture starting in verse number 56. And she's going to finish up Psalm 78 uh, with verse number 72. So she's going to go 56 to 72. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not his testimonies, but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel, so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men, and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over also unto the sword and was wroth with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts. He put them in a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built a sanctuary like high palaces, like the earth, which he hath established forever. He chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Wow. Well, I just want to say verse 65 is metaphorical. Obviously, God doesn't wake up with a hangover. God doesn't sleep. And... Uh, but so much that Stephanie just went through and read and, you know, coming right out again, Stephanie, it, it, there's always that verse that slaps us. And uh, verse number 56, yet they tempted and provoked the most high God and kept not his testimonies, but yeah. turned back, dealt unfaith unfaithfully like their fathers. You know, they play follow the leader with the wrong people and uh, they were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. And just stopping at those three before even getting to 59, here we go again. We're still in that place where we're provoking God. You know, there, you know, Stephanie, as we went through and recorded this, people have been slew. There's been things going on. God has been trying to get people right. There's been trials. There's been tests. 
yet here we are again. I mean, yeah. same place. Yeah, it's it, it, in my frustration. I want to say these people were idiots. Why? Why weren't they learning their lesson? Why? Why did they keep going back to the same things over and over and over again? Um, it, it really is amazing. I mean, this we can see here why God reached that point where He was ready to just destroy them, and and Moses interceded on their behalf. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, God just got fed up. They wouldn't. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't learn their lesson. And how often I must be in that place, you know, where I am. I bringing God to that point of frustration? It's a scary. Yeah. Yeah. When you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing. Am I a God sucker? Am I part of the problem? You know, am I? And and I think that's something that we all have to face every day. You know, maybe as we listen to this podcast, you need to make a mental note or make a physical note if you listen with a pad and say, am I doing this? Am I constantly a problem for God? And Mm. uh, uh, I mean, I think that's something that we need to address. Maybe look back at what did I do yesterday that was godly, but also look back and say, what did I do? So, you know, when that morning comes up when you're, or you're going to bed at night, what, what do I need to seek forgiveness for? What do I, I need to have that communication line with God wide open. I want my communication with God wide open. You know, when I deal with vendors and people and work with things and do things, I keep things wide open. And, uh, and if I can't keep things wide open with God, then, you know, I'm going to have to be living this Psalm life. You know, there's going right. to be parables about me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a scary thing. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. And I think, you know, the lesson, the lesson is two things. It's twofold. We've been constantly saying, this is what we do not to limit God. This is what we do not to offend God. And it's kind of the same thing. But now we need to say, uh, this is how I check those things. Uh-huh. This is my litmus test. And my litmus test is, I need to look back and say, is there a sin that I just keep doing? I mean, is there a besetting sin in my life? You know, that this whole pornography thing is terrible and, and probably ensnares, you know, more men than it does not men who are not ensnared by it. But it just doesn't end there. And it ensnares, uh, like I think I read the other day, 30% of ladies are, are wow. stuck on this porn thing. But it just doesn't end there, too. Are we emotionally... Uh, are we letting ourselves emotionally be hooked? Uh, it's, it's, it, it probably all kind of looks the same to God. Are yeah. we emotionally straying from those things that we shouldn't be straying from? Are we emotionally? I don't know. I just don't want to be found in those three verses. I don't want to be provoking him in high places. I don't want to put things ahead of him, which can be things like pornography, uh, bad relationships, uh, money, you know, sports. I don't know what it is. We could, I could probably list 10 things and I can see a little bit of that in my life and all 10 things, except maybe, you know, actually seeking out pornography or something. But I've certainly, you know, everybody who's walked the face of this earth has certainly sinned in many, many ways. So the challenge again is not to limit God, not to offend God. And, and how can we do that? And then when God heard this uh, Stephanie over in 59, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel. And that word abhorred, that's, that seems more, that seems worse than hate to me. I mean, he's. Yeah, it's detestable. 
it's a whole other level of detestable to him. Yeah, so it's kind of like hate and and separation all at the same time, and uh, or detesting, like you said, yeah. so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men. Now, the tabernacle, what was the tabernacle? What did it look like back then? So the tabernacle was more of a tent. Um, I mean, it was not just a tent like we think of a tent. We're talking an elaborate structure with layers of different kinds of animal skins and gold and precious stones. And um, we're still talking an incredible structure, but it was movable. Um, it moved with the children of Israel as they went through the wild, those wilderness years. It could travel with them, and eventually it was set up in Shiloh. We find out more about you find more out, out about that um, when you look at the life of Samuel. You look at the story of Hannah seeking the Lord and how she went to the tabernacle, and um, so that the, it was immovable. It was still the place where God dwelt among His people, but it was a move, movable. Um, transportable structure that could be folded up and moved from from one place to another. Yeah, and it was the place that you would go, so it would be equivalent right. in 2020 times. Well, we really don't have that equivalency in 2021 times. We, You know, the tabernacle was different. The tabernacle, I mean, you couldn't even go in the tabernacle unless certain things were met. Right. Um, but we have the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that opens the church that does those things. But he took away their tabernacle where they would go and go through their rituals. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, we have, so this is the best way to explain this. We have the ability to tabernacle right where we are today. Right. But they did not. They were going to the tabernacle to have religious experiences. They were not, the, the Holy Spirit did not indwell within them, Stephanie. And right. he's taken away this place where they would go visit the Holy Spirit, where these high priests would lead them and guide them. And I mean, if people touched the tabernacle, they died, right? I mean, if people did things wrong, they died. The Holy of Holies, yeah. Um, yeah. There with um, two of Aaron's sons being killed because they offered strange fire yeah it's a serious god took it very seriously yeah yeah and so but he takes this from them is is what it's talking about and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hands he gave the people over also unto the sword and he was wrought with his inheritance and uh, the fire consumed their young men in their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Wow. I mean, he's given his strength to the enemy, Stephanie. He's fires consuming young men, and, and their maidens were not given to marriage. They, people weren't getting, you know, he wasn't providing spouses, and their priests fell by the sword. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, and, it but, really is. But this is what happens. So th this is that psalm, and Stephanie and I talked about that when we started looking at it. This is a hard psalm, but this is the result of sin. Our world mm -hmm. is filled with sin. Folks, your sin does matter. God sees all of our sin. Collectively, when we start sinning as a church, as a body, as a group, as a family, man, some bad juju can come upon us. In any yeah. of those areas, 
be in a center yeah, by well, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and a very personal example that happened in this whole time frame um, that would happen as they came into the land of Israel was the story of Achan. And he is the prime example of someone who forgot his God. He chose to turn his back on the commandments of God and, and having a relationship with God. Just kept the image, kept the form, kept everybody thinking he was godly. And because of his decision to live that way, God sent judgment on the entire nation of Israel. And I think there's a powerful lesson there in the sense of realizing that you as an individual, that I as an individual, we can impact God's judgment or lack thereof on our on his body, on, on our nation. We, we have such an incredible influence, each of us individually, on our nation as a whole, on our churches, on seeing God bless or seeing God curse. And not that God curses, but God withholding blessings or God sending judgment because of us choosing to harden our hearts. And Aiken, Aiken and his family, because they chose collective, co- collectively to cover to sin and then his family chose to cover that sin god dealt with that very seriously and that's a very personal we have a name um god god makes a point of Achan in the old testament he set him up as an example of you don't want to do this you don't want to be like this and that's a huge as we as we think through the history of Israel and the ways they forgot God. That's a very that's a man. That's a specific person in the nation of Israel that impacted his entire nation because of his decision to harden his heart, and that is a very sobering thing to think about. It is. It's uh, it's really scary, and it's what we can do. It's what we can do. Yeah. Then we get to sixty five. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine. And he smote his enemies in the hinder parts, and he put them to perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim. And then it says, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built the sanctuary like high palaces, like the earth, which he hath established forever. He chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. And he led them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. And so now we're looking to the future of good things being able to happen and and. I mean, I think at the end of judgment, at the end of trial, at the end of being in the wrong place, at the end of not being saved, at the end of all that craziness, we can go to God and he will lead us and guide us. I mean, is that what you're seeing here? Yeah, God always gives us his grace. We live in the age of grace. We live in an age when God offers that that free gift. And um, I think... He's always, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so just coming to him, being willing to admit, I've really messed this up, Lord, would you help me? And knowing that he would, knowing that he is full of mercy. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. 
Yeah, that we can go, that the doors open, that his arms are always open, that there's always a way out, there's always a place to go. So no matter what your situation, I always tell people you never know who's listening and there may be people out there, Stephanie, are on the verge of getting a divorce. There may be people out there listening to us that are, are hung up in the wrong things and doing the wrong things and have a besetting sin. And there may be those out there listening to us who are discouraged and, uh, you know, perhaps they they think their their families don't love them, their spouses don't love them. Perhaps that, you know, all the all the different things that we can think of that bring us to the verge of limiting God and offending God. Because, yeah. you know, those are the things that get us. Those things right. get us our loneliness. You know, all those types of things that we can think of them. We feel, you know, low self-esteem, low self-worth, low self-value. We feel like there's not a person in the world who loves us or cares for us. We feel like we're overwhelmed. We're, and, and I mean, those things, if we're not careful, are what the devil uses to, to get through the cracks in our armor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we got to be careful of them. You know, mm -hmm. so if we can walk away from this psalm and say, boy, this psalm was negative juju, I get it. But God's word is profitable, and it's so profitable here that I think it's leading us to a place. So we've got rid of the God suckers. We've got rid of those things in our life, but we may be the God sucker. We may mm. be sucking God out of other people. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know how... Uh, you know, I don't know how we find ourselves time and time again in sin because we're, I think it's, we're predisposed to it. Uh, you know, we go all the way back to Adam and Eve. We share the same genes. We live in this sin world. Uh, we know that the, the, the devil was kicked out of heaven because of pride. And what are we? We're prideful. Yeah. We're haughty. We're all those different things. So in that practical lesson, I mean, you've said it a hundred times. It begins with devotions. But it's, it, and, and you know what? It begins, it's, it's even bigger than that. It begins with an attitude. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We develop a skill set, I think, Stephanie. We develop as time goes by, as we march on, as we study, as we, we develop a skill set at being, uh, you know, more godly. God yeah. can do that through us. You know, the mm -hmm. sanctification process, it doesn't happen automatically. We don't get right. closer to God because we wake up. I mean, we've, no. got, we've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to be developing our devotions. We've got to be developing our, our hearts. We've got to be making those differences. So, I mean, mm -hmm. just it, it, having a minute before you go into that awesome song you picked out, what would you say? What would you say? What do we develop from here? I mean, what? How do we keep uh, that attitude? Where are we going from here? Yeah, I think that constant um, looking to Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Are you choosing to keep your eyes fixed on him, um, living for him, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that you do, or is your life all about yourself? And if your life's about yourself, then you're going to live a life much like the children of Israel. Yeah. You're going to yo-yo. Your life, you're going to end up becoming someone that people detest because your world's about you. Um, and we're in the contrary, you know, the opposite of that is someone whose life is about serving others, someone whose life is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it's that focus, you'll walk humbly before your God. 
and it will change everything. It'll change the outcome of, of situations. It'll change how God deals with you, how you respond to him when he corrects you. It just, it literally is a night and day difference in every realm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's good. I, I think actually, and Stephanie had her song picked out, but I think this time something Stephanie said, I, I think I want to hold the song she had picked out for next time and play her professional recording of Steadfast in Trials. This is that one time that fits so well because it's the loneliness, it's that lonely trial, because it's the hurt trial, because it's the pride trial, because it's the backstab trial, because it's the people doing you wrong trial. We want to go ahead and play that song for you today, Steadfast in Trial in trial. So enjoy that and uh, listen to these songs.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.